Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we are joined by Director of AARP Livable Communities, Mike Watson. In this role, Mike works closely with AARP's 53 state offices, volunteers, and key stakeholders to encourage towns, counties, and cities to be more livable for people of all ages. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dr. Gordon. It's great to be here. We are so glad to have you. Before we get started any type of way, let's get in clear terms. What does it mean to be a livable community? You know, that is a great question. And you could ask anybody that question. And they're going to give you a different definition. And they're going to use a different term. You've probably heard livable communities. You've also probably heard age-friendly communities or communities that are great for all ages or lifelong communities. The reality is they're all striving for the same thing, which for AARP, what that means is, is it a community that is a place where people want to live and can live as they age? Is it built around the needs of older adults? And then by extension, all ages. We know that when you design a community around the needs of older adults, when you think about older adults' needs when it comes to transportation and mobility options, housing, public spaces, and social connection, we know that by extension is going to be a great place for young children, people in their middle ages with kids and pushing strollers. We know that those communities are going to be great for them as well. So that's really what it means for AARP is, is it a place that is looking at the needs of older adults, designing around those needs, and then becoming, by extension, a place that's great for everyone, no matter their age? Oh, that's a wonderful definition. You know, it's true. When you help one part of a population, you actually make it equitable for so many more that you don't even think about in terms of who's using the different things or the different opportunities in the community. Of course, it seems like an obvious question, but let's just clear it up a little bit in terms of why is AARP involved in helping to make communities more livable? I love that because it's something that I think at ARP we get less than we used to, but we get this question often enough. And a lot of it, too, is when we'll be at events or talking with folks and they're kind of, you know, like, oh, y'all are the ones that send me the great magazine that I get every month. Or they know us for what we're doing at the national level, fighting on Social Security and Medicare and healthcare access. Or in a state like California and other places, they know for the work that ARP has done at the state legislature to bring new retirement saving options and more. But for ARP, we are increasingly becoming a nationwide and local organization. And for the reason we started this, really this work about 15, 20 years ago, was because we heard from our members and we heard from volunteers that they wanted us as an organization to be working alongside with them as an ally and a partner to help improve the places they live. They saw what it meant to volunteer and work with an organization like AARP at the national and the state level and realized that there were some important needs that they wanted to address in their community. So really this work started 
about 15, 20 years ago with volunteers and ARP state offices doing things like walk audits, which is walking around and identifying areas that are problematic and unsafe for people to walk or bike safely. And working with ARP state offices went to local and state elected officials to try to get some of those changed. So it really comes back to our members and our volunteers. The other reason that we work and one of the reasons I think our members kind of reached out to us initially on this is we know that fundamentally this country is aging. And when you look at probably 10, 15 years ago, we did some polling and some surveys with Governing Magazine and the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And we saw that, by and large, local elected leaders and communities were starting to think about their aging population, but hadn't really put plans and action into place. So we saw a real pressing need. And that's what, again, kicked off a lot of our livable communities work is trying to work with local government leaders on behalf of and with our members to give them the tools and resources and sometimes a little motivation to really think about older adults as they think about the future of their community. Well, that is a great reason to get involved. Of course, AARP members and volunteers are the lifeblood of AARP. Being a volunteer, I feel appreciated, but I also appreciate the other volunteers that work with me and all the ideas that they bring to the table. And this, of course, is an amazing and great idea to make towns and California in particular more livable. Let's talk about what AARP is doing in a more exacting way to make the communities like the state of California more livable. And I know this is an effort that's going across the country, but we live in California. In clear terms, is about California. So let's talk a little bit more about what we're doing to make communities more livable. Yeah, and, and I think I'll kind of talk a little bit about what we're doing nationwide and bring it back to California, because frankly, California is one of the leading states when it comes to thinking about older adults and addressing livability. And the way that we kind of work with communities and work with members and volunteers in communities and work with and encourage and motivate local electeds and state electeds to take action is in a few ways. The first is ARP works at the federal, state, and local level to advocate for policies. We've seen this in a number of ways in California with statewide legislation to make it a little bit easier to build and permit accessory dwelling units, which are smaller properties that are adjacent to or within your kind of main living area to allow a person to age in place or make a little bit of income. We've also seen it at the local level where ARP California and other states are working to improve transportation options with working through the Measure M initiative in the Los Angeles area several years ago to really invest in mass transit and sidewalks and complete streets and other areas. So those are some of the ways that we work through the advocacy area. The other things that we do is we put our money where our mouth is to a degree is we provide grant funding to local organizations, nonprofits, local governments, and other entities to make real tangible changes in community. What we're ultimately looking to do is to provide a little bit of boost, a little bit of support, a little bit of funding that's going to actually tangibly improve a community for an older adult. So we know that some of the top needs of older adults are having enough transportation options, having housing options, having public spaces that are accessible. So through our AARP Community Challenge Grant Program, which is a nationwide program that's provided just over a thousand grants wow. across the country in the last seven years. Amazing. We've had quite a lot of scale and heard so many great innovative ideas from communities, including those in California, where since 2017, 36 grants have been given with a total number of $400,000 in 
across those communities. And what these are, are real life tangible improvements in communities, more benches, community gardens, bike lanes, temporary and permanent. So that's another way that we work is we do invest in communities and invest in nonprofit organizations. And that is so important, the investment that you do into communities. And sometimes I think if you're not directly related to whatever that cause might be or whatever that calling of what we're trying to get done might be, you don't feel it's important. I think about the easement that is for wheelchairs to help, you know, make the sidewalk a little lower. Well, if you think about it, it may have been originally designed for wheelchairs, but everyone gets to use it. You have a stroller, you have to use that little thing to go down from the curb. You're riding a bicycle, that's a way to use it. So there are things that AARP does to address and advocate issues that are for an aging population, but they actually benefit everyone. And some of the things that you've mentioned are just benefiting everyone, the bike lanes, the benches. This is a livable community. And even though the charge is being pushed by a community that's aging, it's really benefiting everyone. Tell us a little more about, I think you had some more things that AARP is doing. Yeah, Dr. Gordon, the other thing I want to touch on is you mentioned kind of the easements and crosswalks or curb cuts, as some people call them, right? That make it a little bit easier for folks to kind of get through intersections, back up on the sidewalk, get across the street. And that's one that's cited a lot. The other that you mentioned, though, is benches, right? I'm a parent I have young. They're not as young as they used to be. They're eight and five. And, you know, when you think about a public space in downtown, Benches that are designed for anybody to sit in, no matter their ability, are so important. So it's important that you have a place for an older adult to sit and rest, maybe between walking trips or going shopping. But when you're a young parent with a kid, having that bench can be quite a relief when you're trying to bottle feed somebody or just get an uncooperative toddler to sit down and have a snack without spraying it everywhere. So to your point, those types of things really do carry benefits. And while we're really focusing on what are the needs of older adults. We know, as to your point, that those are going to help everybody. The other thing that I would note that ARP does, and California does this so well to support communities, is providing free resources. So we develop, if you go onto our website, it's aarp.org backslash livable. You can go on there and download or order free publications. There's about 40 free tools and resources that anybody can order, download for free, or order hard copies. And those are unlimited numbers of copies. So if you have a community event coming up and you want to organize some activities and share some resources, you can order those for free. And what they are really meant to do is help people understand some of these like basic concepts of livability. What does it mean to really be a walkable community? What are other communities across the state of California and other states doing to make it more walkable? What does that look like? And what are some strategies that you can put into a place? So we have those on housing, on the topics of of missing middle housing and accessory dwelling units and transportation on walkability, as well as zoning. So these are resources that can go to any sort of ARP member, a volunteer, somebody who's interested, or somebody who has, you know, a master's degree in urban planning, they would find them interesting. This is why I love AARP. AARP is the king and the queen of resources. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we see, I mean, for us, we see them as a great way for people to just do some skill building on their own. And we want to empower people to have that knowledge. Oftentimes, when we have these conversations about planning and zoning and walkability and housing, 
a lot of complex terms get thrown around. And it's really important that you have that kind of basic foundational understanding of what these terms are, what they mean, how to talk to a planner when they start throwing out terms like ADUs and zoning and land-based codes and form-based codes. You can have that ability to have a conversation with them and as an advocate, as somebody who cares about your community, be able to make your case effectively. So that's really what we see. And we've seen communities across the state of California using those tools to advance conversations on accessory dwelling units doing walk audits that are going to improve communities. Just this week, we heard from an advocate in Sausalito about some great work that they were able to do to improve the walkability in their community using the walk audit toolkit and other resources. And then the final thing that I would say that AARP does and offers to communities and our members is a program that's called the AARP Network of Age-Friendly States and Communities. Tell us about that. That sounds really interesting. What is that Yeah, and how does it work? It's a great program, and this is a great place where I mentioned earlier that California leads. This is true. It's not just me coming on a California program saying, yes, California is a leader. This is the truth. The AARP Network of Age-Friendly States and Communities is a nationwide network of communities who have made a commitment to become a place that's great for all ages. So what we talked about earlier when we talked about livable communities and what that means, this is what communities are doing. By entering the network, they are saying, We want to be a place that is great for all ages by really focusing on our older residents. We value them and we want to really focus on their needs and address them. It's not just a commitment. It's not just a raise your hand proclamation saying we are a great place now. It is a program that takes community leaders and the community with residents through a five-year process of change. So the first step is you have to get that elected official in the community, whether it's a mayor, a county executive, or the city council, to make that commitment. They have to issue a letter of commitment and fill out an application. And then once they're admitted, that kicks off this five-year process where the first and the most important step is listening to the needs of older adults. We believe that you cannot build a community that's great for all without first asking people what's important to them and identifying the gap. So that is step one, and it is the most critical one. Reach out to members of the community and hear their concerns, hear their challenges, and hear their ideas. And then develop that into an action plan that is community-driven. This is not just led by the local government, and that is important. It is led by nonprofit players across the community. We've seen businesses getting involved in supporting this because they recognize the importance of this and the value to their community and probably to their bottom line as well to ensure that older adults have a place where they want to live. This is great. So this is the AARP Network of Age-Friendly States and Communities, right? It absolutely is. And it sounds like a lot of benefits that you get from being a member. What does this look like right now? Is this a new thing? What does the membership in the Age-Friendly Network currently look like? And what are some of the benefits you get from being a part of this network because it sounds like a wonderful community. Yeah, the network has just passed its 10th birthday. So it is now a tween. It's coming on 11 years old. And there are across the country over 750 communities who have raised their hand and made this commitment to be a great place for all ages. That includes 74 in the state of California and the entire state of California. The state government of California has also enrolled along. There are eight other states across the country that have really made this intense commitment to say we as a state want to be a place that's great for all ages. So 
that kind of aligned with this California state master plan for aging has really kind of helped move the needle forward on a lot of age-friendly work in these 74 communities across the state of California that are part of it. Fully, we have almost 70% of the California state population lives within an age-friendly community. And they range in size. That's one of the beautiful things that we see in California, as well as across the country. The community with the smallest population in the state of California has 150 people. That is San Gregorio, which enrolled with other rural communities as a region. And then that goes all the way up to Los Angeles City and County that have enrolled. So it really is an initiative and a program that works for a community of any size, of any resource level, because of the kind of unique nature of bringing resources together from the government, the community, and the wisdom of volunteers and activists in the community to help advance change. So I am in a small community in Los Angeles that's near Kenneth Hahn Park. I can say in case that community is not a part of, I'm not sure if I'm in a livable community or not. I feel like it's livable. But I can say, I want to do this for my community and be a part of this network. How can a community learn more about the application process? Is it free? How do we get involved? That's a great question. And it is free. So the best place to get the initial involvement is I would encourage you, if you're listening, reach out to your friends at AARP California. If you know one of the state office staffer, know one of the volunteers, Dr. Gordon, I don't want to ask folks to blow up your inbox too much, but I'm sure you'd have some wisdom to impart as well. So I would first encourage you to reach out to your colleagues with AARP California to learn a little bit more. And then if you want to learn a little bit more before that, you can go to our website, www.aarp.org backslash age friendly. And that's all one word. And what that will take you to is a website that's going to have loads of materials with background on the network, what it is, guides, step-by-step tools. We have a video training module, so you can kind of go and learn step-by-step what is the process and what are some tips and tools that others have done. So that's kind of the first thing to do is just learn a little bit more. I love it. I'm going to check into it myself and you all can blow up my mailbox and we all become (laughs) a part of it together. That'll be fun. We'll build our own community as well. We'll make a digital livable community as well. This is great. We're going to keep growing things. That is how this gets done. I mean, when we survey members of the network every year, we ask them, what was the impetus with you joining? And always the top answer are, volunteers and citizens raising it with elected officials. So none of this happens without residents, volunteers, and committed citizens making their voice heard and asking for change. So you're right on there. Yes. Now, we always talk about the aging community, 50-plus community, and there's lots of free resources and toolkits that you've mentioned. Who are these toolkits and resources really meant for, and how can the listeners access them? So what we do is we develop, I mentioned earlier, these loads of free resources that we have, and we've developed them with a particular audience in mind, which is local leaders. So we're kind of designing tools that are going to make sense and resonate with a mayor, a city council member, somebody who sits on the planning and zoning board, or his local government staff, but also organizations, so head of area agencies on aging, people who are doing the tough health equity work in communities, as well as people who we would call kind of citizen resident activists, right? Folks who want to learn more about a topic and want to take action. Maybe you're tired of tripping on that crosswalk or watching your neighbors almost trip on that crosswalk in your community, or you're tired of seeing cars speeding by on an intersection 
as you and your older neighbor and your kids go to wait for the school bus every morning. So there are tools in there that are also designed for citizens and residents to learn more about the topics and take action. I mentioned our walk audit toolkit. That is something that you can download, print out, order these free worksheets and go out, organize with your neighborhood residents and do walk audits on your own and present those findings to elected officials. We know there's nothing more effective with an elected official than having a personal connection to an issue and a challenge and backing that up with data. When you can walk into somebody's office or bring them along with you and show them what it means to you, show them how difficult it is for you to cross that street, but also go to them and say, we've walked this entire block and here are the problematic pieces we've placed. You're kind of making their job easy because you're showing them where the challenges are and you're showing them it in a structured way. Oh, great. So by and large, again, looking for kind of local leaders as well as those citizen activists and have a number of tools there. Local leaders, citizen activists, volunteers, come on out and support our communities. Now, there's ways that AARP actually helps citizens and leaders to do this type of work. I understand there's something called a community challenge grant. Can you tell us a little bit about that funding and how it works? What type of organizations are eligible for it? Yeah, we have a program called the AARP Community Challenge. And this program was started in 2017 as a really unique test and pilot for this organization. And frankly, what we did is we learned from state offices that going back to what I was saying earlier, where they were hearing from members that wanted more investment and more support in their community, AARP state offices also started working with community members to do small grants, right? here to help improve a sidewalk, help improve a community garden. And we saw the impact and results of that. So what we did is we said, let's take this nationwide and make it a really impactful program that can be available to anybody. So since then, we have granted 1,060 grants across the country with a total investment of $12.7 million since 2017. Wow, that's amazing. Can you tell us an example of what some of the funded projects look like? Yeah, I'd love to. And I'll note this too before I kind of dive in. If you're really curious to learn about these 1,060 projects, you can go to aarp.org backslash community challenge, learn a little bit more about them. We also have them all displayed on a map. It's aarp.org backslash livable map. When you get there, you'll be able to see all of the members of the Age Friendly Network and all of the community challenge grantees. And we have videos and photos so you can kind of see the before and after shots. So I encourage you to go check that out with the communities in California so you can really see what's been achieved by these grantees. Excellent, excellent. And broadly, when we think about it, about half of our projects kind of go to what we call public spaces projects, right? So making spaces more inviting and inclusive, adding benches and seating. Another 20% or so go to support transportation-related needs. So in California, a couple years ago, the city of Chula Vista received a really cool grant to basically do transportation and transit training for older adults. They had heard that older adults weren't comfortable using the transportation system in the community for a host of reasons, but they also knew they could save money and get to where they needed far cheaper than driving and safer. It's better for the environment, better for themselves, better for their pocketbooks. So what they did was they did some transportation training for older adults, bought some free bus vouchers for folks to be able to experience it, and then followed up afterwards to learn, hey, did this experience make you more likely to use 
this transportation option. And several folks shared that, yes, because of this experience, they were more likely to use public transit. They found out about a senior fare that they had no idea existed in the community before. And several of them shared just how much money it was saving them to the tune of 60 to $80 a month by taking the bus on their bi-monthly trip to the senior center rather than driving, which when you add that up over the course of the year is significant savings. So that's one of many examples from across the country of the 36 grants in California. I love how our community, our volunteers, the AARP community comes up with ideas that it's that collective of ideas that bring things and make us have more livable communities because I would have never thought to do a transportation training. But now that you're saying it, I'm thinking I want to go to the transportation training because I actually don't know how the train works down the street from me. And I've been saying, oh, maybe I'll just take a day and try to figure it out. But wow, what a great way to have somebody introduce you to it, to welcome you into a setting of this is what the transportation looks like in your city. I love that. Now we're talking about this community grant Is there a deadline? Do you apply for it annually? How does it work? We offer the program annually. We just opened our application window for this on January 18th of this year. So just last week. And the window closes on March 15th. So we have an eight-week application window. And you can visit aarp.org backslash community challenge to get more details on the specific timeline and fill out your application. There are loads of resources there to kind of point you to past projects that have been successful sample language on how to craft deliverables, all of that. So encourage folks to check that out and learn a little bit more about the program and consider applying. It is open to eligible nonprofit organizations, 501c3, c4, and c6s, as well as local government entities. In the past, about 60% of our grants have gone to nonprofit organizations, and about 35-40% have gone to government entities as well. The last thing I want to note is like the age-friendly network, you hear about grant programs, especially from a large organization like AARP. And a lot of folks are probably thinking, oh, my community won't get that. We're not big. We're not LA. We're not this city. We're not that city. Roughly 40% of our grants to the AARP Community Challenge have gone to rural communities. It is really a grant program that is available and accessible to all. So please, no matter what you think about your organization or where you think about your community, if you have a project, please consider applying and take that leap because you never know what a grant could mean to you in your future. We know that particularly in rural areas, receiving that grant is going to help them get a little bit more awareness, not only do their project, but also we know that these grants have led to outcomes beyond that, right? Helping grantees attract additional support and funding from other partners. Also, helping them advance policy change, helping them collect the data and build the awareness about the things that the community needs to address beyond the grant period. So really excited that this seventh year application window is open. We've got some three really exciting opportunities that you can apply for under the Community Challenge. I won't go through all the details here, but encourage you to go to aarp.org backslash community challenge and learn a little bit more. Wonderful. This is great, Mike. This sounds so good. And I want to remind our volunteers, our listeners, anyone that's a leader in the community, whoever you are, connect with your local nonprofits or connect with your local government to encourage them to apply for this grant. So if you have a project idea, doesn't matter that you're an individual. Connect with a local nonprofit in your community. 
connect with your local government official and encourage them to apply the project that you have in mind. So you still can get it done, even if you're just one. You can get it done. Okay, that rhymed a little bit. Mike, we are so happy to have had you here on the show. I wish I had more time to talk with you because I have more questions and I'm so excited about some of the resources you brought to us today and the community grant, of course. Everyone get your grant applications in before March. March 15th. 2023. March 15th is the deadline. Okay, so get those community grant applications in. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining us for episode 16 of In Clear Terms with AARP California. Do you have any last comments before we end? Well, first, Dr. Gordon, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you and excited about all of the great work that's happening in California. I would just reiterate what you just shared is if you're listening to this today and you think, you have an idea for your community, or there's something you really wish your community could do to make it a little bit more livable or a little bit more age-friendly or just a little bit better for you to live in an age, take that step, take that action. Think about the community challenge that we just talked about, but also talk to your neighbors. Begin to have those conversations that could lead to your community taking the step of enrolling in the age-friendly network or just taking that small neighborhood step of cleaning up the areas that matter the most to you. So again, talk to your neighbors, talk to your fellow volunteers, talk to your contacts from AARP California, and just know that if you have some commitment, there are resources from AARP that can help you get the job done. So we're here to be a partner and support the work that you're doing at the community level. And thank you again for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. We have had the pleasure of speaking with Mike Watson, director of AARP Livable Communities. You can learn more about AARP's Livable Communities work and resources at aarp.org forward slash livable. Also, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have questions for our upcoming guest, email us at caaarp at aarp.org. You can find a list of the upcoming guests at aarp.org forward slash in clear terms. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts who can shed light on critical issues in our state, how AARP California is working to ensure the voice of those ages 50 plus is heard, and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening.